Good morning, friends. Will you pray with me, please? Gracious Father in heaven, we thank you for this Sunday morning, a time of rest and worship and refreshment for our family of faith. And Lord, an opportunity to welcome children and adults into your kingdom through the water and washing of holy baptism, through the promise that you've given to them through your word of faith, forgiveness, and eternal life. And Lord, an opportunity to receive the profession of faith of those who are going to be part of our congregation. We ask your blessings upon these families, and we're certainly so very happy and grateful that they're joining our congregation. Lord, continue to bless us as we share in life and ministry together. Please send your Holy Spirit to us now as we receive your word and the power, provision, and promise that you have in store for us through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. It's in his name that we pray, and all God's people said, amen. Well, the most recent orders from the Michigan Department of the Health and Human Services indicate that if you are a fully vaccinated adult, that masks are optional indoors. Throughout the month of June, we still have to gather at 50% capacity, but apparently the outdoors is open once again, and we are certainly excited for that. We can see the light at the end of this COVID-19 tunnel. And it is a glorious sight to behold. What's at the end of that tunnel? Well, July 1st for one, right? When we think a lot of these measures will be lifted once and for all. Freedom. (laughs) And we look forward to that. Also, just a few days after that, on July 4th, our patriotic praise service at 10 a.m. at the Kern Pavilion where we'll be able to celebrate our faith and freedom in Jesus. What a grand celebration that will be. And I know what you're thinking. Pastor Brad, you said it out loud, you jinxed it, now it's not gonna happen. You're gonna get our hopes up, and then something's gonna happen, and there's gonna be a curveball, and then we won't be able to gather as we would prefer. Oh, my COVID-weary friends, let not your hearts be troubled. Cross your fingers, Knock on wood, throw salt over your shoulder, put your baseball caps on backwards, hold your breath when you cross the bridge. Come what may, I think we are going to be okay. I'm not going to give up. Are you? Well, that was inspiring. The title of the sermon is Giving Up. To give up is to stop trying to improve the condition of something or to lose hope that anything is going to get better. When do we give up on something? Well, according to lifehack.com, where I get most of my sermon material, (laughs) our brains are wired to give up easily if we are not rewarded immediately. We're born to look for instant gratification because in the ancient times, getting immediate benefits was essential for survival. We live in the moment and for the moment. So when we're not getting what we want immediately, we get anxious and want to give up. The examples are endless and everywhere. Television, for example. How many of you love the commercials and love to wait for the program or show to continue? You don't. In fact, you pay premium dollars to watch television and movies commercial-free. Or consider when you are driving up to a place of business, a restaurant. 
the stylist, the barber shop, the bank, maybe even a grocery store, what have you. If there's too many cars in the parking lot or you see a long line of people that's streaming outside of the restaurant, you might change your mind and go elsewhere or make different plans. We give up on exercise regimens and nutrition plans, usually by January 2nd or 3rd. We also give up on landscaping projects or do-it-yourself projects in the home. At least sometimes I do, and then they get started all over again. We give up on pursuing styles and certain trends because they're too labor-intensive or perhaps too costly to maintain. We even give up on people sometimes when they don't text us, call us, or email us in return right away. Or when they don't show us the love on social media. When they're not liking us or loving us or commenting on Facebook. When they're not chatting back to us on Instagram or snapping back to us on Snapchat. Whatever happened to MySpace? The good old days. Locally, some of us don't even bother going outside when there is a festival in town, when we welcome all kinds of folks to Frankenmuth to enjoy our hospitality. Speaking of festivals in Frankenmuth, did you know Sunday, June 13th, Sunday, 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 at 1 p.m., Bavaria Fest Parade. St. Lawrence, Lawrence Lutheran Church and School is the grand marshal of this parade. And why? Because the theme is 175 and things got put on pause last year. So we are the grand marshal for this year's Bavaria Fest Parade. Um, kind of special and kind of neat. I don't know if you know this, but the church actually started the town. Just an interesting fact for you. But friends, can you imagine if the founding families of Frankenmuth, if the founding families of St. Lawrence Lutheran Church decided to give up, decided it wasn't worth the effort, decided it was too hard. I want to share just a, a snippet of a retrospective on the journey of these founding families from Ger Germany all the way over here to Frankenmuth, Michigan. Listen to this. On April 5th, the settlers left Neuendettelsau and traveling on foot, wagon, and trains arrived about a week later in Bremen on April 11th. Prior to their departure on the ship that was named the Caroline, the colonists were required to purchase all the food, all the bedding, and all the cooking utensils that they would need for this transatlantic voyage. On April 20th, they boarded the Caroline and set sail from America. However, just four hours up the Vaser River, quote, a drunken river pilot ran the Caroline into a sandbank where it was stuck fast until the following morning. The next day, with the rising tide, the Caroline did make it to open water. And after a 50-day voyage, 50 days on the sea, the Caroline arrived in New York Harbor on June 8th. On June 10th, they boarded another ship, the Knickerbocker, and traveled up the Hudson River to Albany. This leg of the trip only took 12 hours. In Albany, they boarded a train to Buffalo, but as uh, Zender recounts in his book, Tell My People the Truth, after the train had pulled out of Albany, the group began to sing the hymn, Now Thank We All Our God. They had just sung the first line of the second stanza when the train came to a halt with a tremendous crash. Turns out there was a coal train coming from the opposite direction on the same track, and they couldn't stop in time. 
Since the passenger cars were wrecked, the passengers had to return to Albany. The next day, the group took another train to Buffalo, spent the night, and then boarded a steamboat and sailed to Detroit through the channel of the Great Lakes, but arrived first in Monroe, Michigan on June 17th. There, they were greeted by fellow Lutherans, members of Pastor Hotchstadt's congregation. They stayed in Monroe until June 27th and then boarded a steamboat for Detroit, a five-hour journey. Upon their arrival in Detroit, they were also greeted again by fellow Lutherans. Lutherans, Lutherans everywhere. <laughs> On July 3rd, the colonists boarded the sailing ship called the Nelson Smith to sail around the Thumb to Saginaw. They entered the mouth of the Saginaw River in what is now Bay City about a week later on July 10th. But because the winds had died down, the colonists were required to get out of the sailboat and literally tow the boat and the supplies up the Saginaw River to Saginaw. For the next several weeks, the colonists remained in Saginaw. But after the land in what would become Frankenmuth was purchased... They purchased 680 acres in this area for, wait for it, $2.50 an acre. What can you buy with $2.50 now? Sometimes not even a gallon of gasoline. Sometimes, depending on where you go, not even a hamburger. They made this purchase with gold coins that were hidden in the false bottom of a wooden bucket on the boat so it wouldn't get stolen. The men began to clear the land and build a single building which would become the colonist's church, school, and home for their pastor. Friends, what an amazing story of faith, courage, and fortitude. And there are some folks sitting with us today who might not be here had the founding families decided to give up. That it wasn't worth the effort. That, boy, it was just too tough, too costly to make this trip. Thanks be to God for his faith and encouragement for these founding families and for the legacy of faith that continues even this day in our midst. The Apostle Paul, writing for a second time to the Christians gathered in Corinth and other areas around Asia Minor is writing against false teachings. He's writing against human frailty and also trying to address some divisions. And the Apostle Paul writes this, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. In other words, the Apostle Paul is saying, don't give up. God is near and Jesus is here. And because of that, we can have faith and hope for our future. Don't give up. The Apostle Paul continues, but we continue to preach because we have seen the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he had said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. 
All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Friends, we don't have to give up because God has never given up on us. God could not imagine a heaven without you. So he gave his one and only son to become like one of us yet without sin, to be the sacrifice that was needed and to be the substitute that was necessary so that we could be with the Lord forever. And Jesus never gave up during his passion. He endured betrayal from those closest to him. False accusations, claiming things that he did not really do. A mock trial. Beatings and whippings within an inch of his life. Mocking, even spitting. Our Lord endured this so that he could accomplish his mission of seeking and saving the lost, which included you, which included me, before we received saving faith in Christ. And Jesus did this because it was the only way possible for us to spend eternity with him. Friends, God did not give up on us. And we have Jesus Christ to thank for that. And Christ is calling us not to give up on each other. Not to give up on this family of faith. Not to give up on this congregation and school. Not to give up on our community. Not to give up even on those with those who are far from God. Because God's grace extends to us, but beyond us. And as we receive the grace of God, a gift freely given to us, we freely share that with others. Yes, with our family of faith. Yes, with those whom God has placed in our life. And yes, with those who are challenging and who struggle to relate with you. Friends, God's grace is for us. And God's grace is also to share with those around us. And as Jesus did not give up on us, so we do not give up on each other because our witness brings glory to God and the Spirit will use that witness to connect more and more souls to our Savior. My friends, this summer is not just a summer that will be unlike any other in recent time because more things will be open and we don't have to sneak down to Indiana for a haircut or to watch a movie. This summer is going to be great for our summer plans. Yes, it will. But this summer will also be great for our congregation and community because God will continue to shower his grace upon us, come what may. And we will have opportunity to share that grace and connect more and more people to Jesus especially for those who are COVID-weary, anxious and worried, and struggling with giving up and wondering what might be next. As God's grace through us reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving in heaven and on earth, and God will receive more and more glory. Come what may, I think we are going to be okay. In fact, I know that we're going to be okay because God will not give up on us. And because of that, we won't give up on each other. I'm not going to give up. Are you? That's much better. And all God's people said, amen.